What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome all of you guys back for We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I am just super duper excited, as I always am. I know I say that all the time. But the one of the reasons why I do is that I know for a fact that we are inviting very interesting and intriguing people to come and talk and share with you, whether I'm talking to you guys about business or entrepreneurship or or ministry and how to get out of your own way, or, or I'm bringing in some really amazing guests. My goal here on the podcast is really to give you guys just sort of a taste or a slice of wisdom that if you apply it, it can take you to a completely different level. Uh, today's story behind the brand is featuring uh, a great friend of mine. Her name is Nikki Pinkney. She's a licensed professional counselor, and uh, she runs a, a, a organization called Ezekiel Family Ministries, and uh, and, and it's an, an incredible community of, of people who need therapy and counseling, uh, but they many of them are believers, and a lot of them find themselves trying to reconcile what God says about the Word and then what minute, what, what uh, how to apply that practically um, in the counseling or the therapy space. And so in a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asked this question. He said, why are stories so powerful? Um, Well, the reason is, is because uh, they actually are more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired uh, to respond to stories. Uh, Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate our ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories uh, bring you and your listeners into a multi-dimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. And with that being said, I am excited to invite my good friend. Um, I actually coached her in real life. She's one of the original members of the MMC community when we first started it, came through the very first cohort in fall of 2018. But Nikki, I am super proud of the accomplishments that you and Jason have made in this space that y'all are in. But there is a story behind your brand. If you can, just right off the break, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, why you do it, and who you do it for. And what we're going to do over the next 15 minutes or so is walk people through your story, how you grew up, and how that informed your current brand. Let's go. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me today, Glenn. (laughs) I am Nikki Pinkney. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. Um, what I do, I do coaching, I do spiritual therapy, um, why I do it to pay it forward, you know, to to bridge the gap between ministry and business and helping families uh, create their own culture in terms of their belief system. Um, I do it to align people's minds to the mind of Christ and help them to be able to truly walk in the identity that God says they are and create a life in a world that aligns to that belief system. And who do I do it for? I do it for families. I do it. That's my niche. That is my niche, the family unit, because that is the the um, avenue that God brought my healing through was the family. And so that's that's who I do it for. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Nikki, one of the things that I uh, I know about you personally is that, you know, growing up in, in D.C., 
Um, you had a life that was um, typical for a lot of people, but how you navigated it wasn't typical. And quite frankly, who you became after that certainly wasn't typical. You are not normal. <laughs> Statistically, uh, the, the statistics are not stacked in your favor in terms of what you were able to accomplish. And today, uh, your brand has been so informed by that story. Take us back as a little girl growing up, um, how the things that you experience uh, now looking back, how that has absolutely informed your brand. Oh, wow. You know, coming up, um, I I was adopted. I had two dads. Um, um, my parents went through a major, major divorce, um, and at a very when I was at a very, very early age, and so it impacted my self esteem. It impacted my identity. Um, I had to be the mother and the two and the I had to be the mother and the older sister. Um, I was raised by my father. I didn't have my mother in the home. She was available, but she wasn't in the home. And so it afforded a totally different lifestyle for me growing up. Um, and when you talk about isolation and, and community, um, I didn't have a lot of that because my dad was raising three girls. And so in that in that um, culture and time, you know, men didn't do that. Men didn't raise children by themselves, let alone girls. Um, and so a lot of the isolation I experienced because uh, moms wouldn't let their daughters spend a night at a house where a man was and there was no woman in the house. And so there was the, uh, you know, the rejection and the abandonment. And so a lot of um, my psychological, emotional state was really... Um, impacted during that time and so I created a way of protecting myself and you know like you said with the stories creating these stories in my life to um to make me okay to make me fit in to make me belong because like you said my my story was just so different it, it wasn't the normal story so I had to create this fantasy world where I felt like I fit in and and I belonged and so out my life, it created a space that all I knew how to do was perform. I just had to perform so that I could fit in, so that people would like me, so that, um, you know, they didn't know what was going on. Because another thing that impacted me was because men didn't uh, raise girls in that season, um, I was taught to hide. Like, I couldn't let people know that my mom wasn't in the home because, you know, it was if they know your mom ain't in the home, then they're going to. You know, they're really going to pay attention and then they may take you and may, you know, you may go with CPS because they may not feel like your father is capable of raising three daughters. So, you know, all of this type of stuff is impacting me as, you know, a, a child, a teenager. And so, you know, in my as I developed my adult years, I, you know, now I have a psych a psychology of hiding, of of rejection, of isolation. And um, and this is the way I learned to, learned to serve God. You know, I learned to serve God with all of those dispositions. Listen. And so that's that's like that's all of it. Like that's all of it. Just trying to put it in. <laughs> Listen, no, Nikki. His was funny, and I, I know you really well. Um, but you're sharing some stuff with me that I didn't quite put those dots together until now. So this live 
experience of me interviewing you has me now thinking, now I understand why the work that you do in helping people to um, discover their identity and how that identity is actually hidden in Christ it's beginning to make sense on a level that I had never really put together before. But I want to go back real quick. As the oldest of uh, of, of other girls in a home being raised by a man, during a time where that was not popular, it was not socially accepted, quite frankly, uh, you were looked at as less than uh, because, of course, a man can't raise a girl on no level. Um, single parenting was one thing. But single fathering is a like that, like as a single father parenting, that was a whole nother thing. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, when you first started recognizing that you were performing? When you first started recognizing that you had an identity crisis, and it wasn't, and we're not talking sexual identity at this point. We're, what we're really talking about is your personhood. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what 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 was the thing? What was the catalyst? I think of of that showed you, Nikki, you're performing, and this doesn't work in the real world. Um, it was marriage. You know, you know, marriage. Marriage is the very thing that God uses to show you who you are. <laughs> And it was in my marriage that I was able to identify that because I came in, you know, I dated my husband. I met him in seventh grade. We started dating in uh, 12th grade. We got married five years later after I had my daughter. Um, And it really wasn't until we moved into our own place that, um, you know, all of the things that I had been hiding and the way that I had been um showing up in my self-expression like was getting exposed because now it's not just about me you know now I got a daughter now I got a husband I gotta meet their needs and and so being raised by a man of course I'm coming in with a whole lot of testosterone (laughs) I'm coming in you know my father was a straight protector provider you know, so I'm coming in and I'm looking, you know, at my husband, like through the lenses of my father. And I'm like, you, you ain't, you, you supposed to be doing what he doing. And so I'm stepping to him, you know, not from a female perspective, because I didn't have that. I didn't have the female, um, you know, a role in my home. I created that myself because I, that's what I had to do. <laughs> so I'm coming into this marriage relationship and I'm bucking everything my husband say. I'm challenging everything he say. We're arguing and fussing all the time. He's like, you know, I'm 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 not married to a man. I don't, don't want to be married to a man, you know. So, so um that is when I came into the realization that the person that I had created to be accepted was not working in this relationship. And that's when the breakdown began to happen. Let me say this, and I know you're going to take us through the breakdown. Y'all, first of all, I could talk to Nikki for hours. <laughs> I, I promise you I could, because I know all, all the stuff. When you say that marriage was the catalyst that began to show you you, and it began poking holes in the character that you had created, mm-hmm. what I know about your husband, Jason is a man's man on a reel, like, thug man's man he ain't having it and i can i can honestly see 
that, you know, him him saying that, like, bruh, like, I'm not trying to be married to somebody who won't give me equal energy, but you didn't know no different. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know how to necessarily navigate. And I remember this about the time when we met y'all. <laughs> and it was like, hey, y'all come on over. Let's have dinner because we... We need to sort this, as my, as my friends in the UK would say. We we need to sort this. Nikki, if you can, can you begin to kind of talk about this idea of hiding in plain sight? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that as I think through some of the work that you're doing today at Ezekiel Family Services, I think that this idea of being in a space where you can feel safe enough to come out from behind the curtain mm -hmm. um, for so many people just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Like many of us ain't got like that kind of space. Can you talk to us about sort of the idea of why that's important and how, you know, for you, you recognize hiding can't last but for so long? Yeah, it, it really can't. I mean, that that was a long journey of God, you know, really taking us through the work. It took about 15 years, to be honest with you. Um, but to to kind of speak to it in a nutshell, um, you know, when you, it's sort of like suffering in silence. It's like you put on this air that everything is okay but then when you get by yourself in the home, it's it's you fall apart. It's chaos. It's crazy. And you're trying to understand how to um, how to exist, like how to exist, how to stop surviving. Because for a long time, I survived in my marriage. It was just like, you know, I came from a broken home. So my my core language was, um, you know, I don't care what happened. I ain't leaving. We're going to make this happen. I don't care how we make it happen. We're going to figure it out. And so it came to a point where everything that I had learned within myself was not working. <laughs> um, and and that is when I went to God. And I mean, and at this time I was going to church. It, just, it wasn't that I wasn't going to church and I didn't have an awareness of God. But at this point, it was like performing for God performing for my children, performing for my husband, performing at work. It just took a toll. And I, I literally had, a, if we would call it a meltdown at um, the altar. And like, y'all, this is like, <laughs> this is like really fast forward because it was like a whole lot of other stuff in, in between, right? Um, between me, me and Glenn at the Soul Factory, God moving us to North Carolina, us coming back, like, so much, you know, um, I wrote a book about it so you can read my book and get the whole story. But by the time I came out of hiding, um, we were back here from North Carolina. I was in a church that I'm in now. I was at the altar and I just broke. I just started crying and I'm talking to my pastor and, and she's saying to me, the person that you're showing me is not the person that I see. Cause she could see me, but I couldn't see myself. And I, and I, at that time I was coaching. I had just come into, I just finished school getting my master's um, in marriage, family and therapy. And I was in the process of figuring out what God wanted me to do. And I told her, I said, you know, I can help people because I've helped people all my life. That's all I did in ministry. And I was like, I can help people see their problems. I can help, but I can't do it for myself. And I'm tired. 
and I never forget you all. I, I hit the altar, I hit the floor, and I was crying profusely. And I heard the voice of God audibly. And he said to me, you do not have to perform for my love. And that was the breaking point for me. Because from my childhood to that point, I felt like in order to get love, I had to give something to get something because that's what culture teaches you. It teaches you in order for me to love you, you got to give me something. It's all conditional. And in that moment, God was giving me a glimpse of what unconditional love looked like. And from that space is where I went on my journey of uh, um, discovering my identity in him. I had to do the work of understanding my value. Like I literally went to the scriptures, you all, and I looked at everything God said about me. And I had to do the work of when, when, my, when my unconscious mind and my old patterns of protecting myself and hiding would show itself, I had to go to the Word and, and read the Scripture, trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge me in this moment, Nikki, and I'm going to direct your emotions, I'm going to direct your thoughts, I'm going to direct your feelings, like the Word of God gave me my identity. And so the, the same system and process he took me through is what I take my clients through because what I do understand is from that place of your identity and from that place of you knowing who God says you are, that's how you live your life. That's how you create your world. Mm-mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuning in to the podcast, maybe you just jumped in somebody's car and they're like, yo, you, you sitting there like, who is this? Her, her, her name, Nikki. <laughs> her name her name is Nikki Pinkney, and uh, she's the director, um, uh, the executive director, the leader, the CEO, founder of Ezekiel uh, Family Services. It's a counseling um, uh, service that really provides counseling and therapy to families, uh, particularly families who are struggling to figure out their identities. And I think one of the things I really want to kind of fast forward, Nick, and really help people out, particularly in this live audience on Clubhouse, um, and we're going to have you guys come up because I've already seen people already lighting the chat up, talking about, oh, my God, I felt that. Nikki, when you talk about love and how this culture teaches us that love is always conditional, mm-hmm. it is never not. Mm-hmm. That love is about giving and getting. You get love because you give it. Mm-hmm. When people understand that and their identity is formed in that, they will always perform. Yes. Because what we know is, is that we have a need to be loved. And so if I got to perform to get the love, then that's exactly what I'll do. Mm-hmm. You walk people through in y'all's uh, company and y'all's uh, counseling services, you walk people through this journey. If you can kind of bring us up to present day and bring us into a counseling session, bring us into a therapy session and talk about some of the core tenets and components that you kind of focus on to help people dismantle the myth of the performer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I will say this last thing. When I listened to Will Smith's book back in Thanksgiving of last year, and I binged the entire 18-hour book on Audible, one of the most insightful things that I'd ever heard him say and break down is that who we know him to be as an actor in of itself is a character and he had to dismantle that character. 
and he has spent a lifetime, and many of us have seen that go well, not so well, right, of trying to figure out who he is. And I think that this identity thing is something that, quite frankly, God created us. He's the creator of our beings, and if that's the case, then I believe that he's probably the only one that really knows how we tick for real. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. most of us won't go to him, mm-hmm. I think we find that we're trying to unpack that work in so many different failed attempts. Can mm-hmm. you bring us into your counseling sessions and and and, and treat the audience right now um, as one of your clients and kind of walk us through at least some of the tenets that you guys kind of hang your hat on, if you will? Yes, yes, yes. So when I bring a client in, the first thing I do, the first full weeks we we unpack identity and then we go into the problems and things and the goals and visions that they want to accomplish because one of the things I understand is um you we 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 can't even look at a vision until I understand your perception of how you see life and how and how you how you who you believe that you are and so the first thing I deal with is um, the eternal life perspective. And then we go into the carnal Christian condition. And then we go into the Christ-centered condition. Um, and that's my spirit, soul, body model. And so the eternal life, I'm, 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 that is when I'm aligning their identity to Christ and dismantling the image that they've created of themselves. Because there's two ways that we interact with life we're going to interact with it through an image and that is who we created ourselves to be um, in sight of protecting ourselves from pain or we're going to show up in our identity of who God says that we are and we're going to be able to step in the face of any perceived pain with his power his authority and his guiding you right and so the internal life part that I share with them is getting them to understand that they're perfect, whole, and complete in God. Get when you tell a person that they're perfect, that is a fight. That is a fight because they're like, I am not perfect. And I and I try to get them to understand you have divinity and you have humanity. So I'm shifting their mindset. I'm literally aligning their mind to the mind of Christ in the way Christ sees the world and not the way that we've been taught to see and interact with the world through culture. And so I'm showing them that they're perfect, whole, and complete because when God looks at us, he only sees us through our spirit. He doesn't see the humanity, which is your soul and your body. He only sees your spirit. And so I need you to look at yourself according to your spirit because that's the way God sees you. The humanity part is going to show up, is going to operate. But when you see yourself through the lenses of God, you're able to give yourself the grace, the love, the compassion, like the fruits of the spirit. You're able to interact with yourself from that space first. We've learned to give that to people first, and then we don't know how to live in that for ourselves. But what I've learned in walking in my relationship with God is, is that if I can't give it to God, I can't give it to people. And so that is the foundation of where I start with people and shifting their mindsets. Because the the key thing is everything you are and everything you do comes out of your relationship with God. And I need to see what that relationship with God looks like. And then we need to work 
on your perception and your identity from that space first. Then we can go into the understanding of your spirit, your soul, your body, because your spirit is your heart, your intellect, and your conscious. That is what the Holy Spirit communicates to you through. Then your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And that's that deals with relationship, community. And so your soul can be culture bent or it can be kingdom bent. So that is the it, it, it's like the your your mind is your thinker. Your will, your mind, yeah, your mind is your thinker, your will is your chooser, your emotions is your filler. So it is like your personality of who you are. And so the way you think is according to the information that you bring in. The way you choose is according to how you believe your belief system and your value system. And your emotions is just a trigger. People think your emotions is fact. Your emotions is only a trigger to bring you into the awareness of what your mind is thinking about so you can make a choice. And then your body is your five senses. It's the way you interact in the environment. It's the way you, you know, you feel, you touch, you smell. That's actually how the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our five senses. And so this is the foundation, the groundwork that I do with my client first um, aligning them to their identity in Christ and bringing them out of that whole imagery into true identity because um, understanding your core language and understanding who you are, you know, it's an inside thing. Healing is an inside thing. And a lot of times we try to heal from externally and, and that's culture and, and, and allowing a culture to tell us who we are where Healing comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the one that does the transforming. All we do is be obedient to what he tells us to do, Listen. and then we're transformed. And Listen. so that's the part that um, I start with my clients. I'm like, I'm teaching them how to be. I'm teaching them how to be and not to do. And I'm teaching them how to identify their language and their thoughts and where their thoughts are coming from and the root of it. Like we're going back, like the Holy Spirit takes us back to childhood to show us uh, triggers, to show us unconscious um, operation patterns. Because a lot of time in our unconsciousness, we deal, because like depression and anxiety, that's what you get a lot in therapy environments. Depression comes from the past. Anxiety comes from the future. And uh, like the word says, you know, God gives us our daily bread. So we, we are to stay in the present. And so if we don't know how to be in God in the moment, we're always looking to our, Most people live out of their past. They live out of their past and triggers, their past experiences. And then they they develop anxiety because they're looking at the what if. What if this happened? What if that happened? But th that scripture, my scripture, because I'm a thinker, that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 teaches you how to stay in the moment with God, learn how to trust him, and, and know that he'll take care of the next day. So all of what I'm talking to you about is, is just like the beginning stages of how I start out with my clients in those first four weeks. And then we go into the actual work of recreating their life because I have to show them how once they get that, it's literally like we're creating a new life and new possibilities for them. Listen, 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 listen.
every coach needs a coach and if your coach don't have a coach you should fire them that's why i hang out with dope and freaking amazing people if you're listening to the podcast right now y'all are listening to nikki pinkney she's a coach she's a counselor she's an author she does all the things she walks people through the process of helping them define their god-given identities from the creator's perspective and then when she helps you to really connect with that now you can live in this present world as your true authentic self not who culture created you to be because you needed to survive and now you're trying to thrive There are principles of survival that work for survival. Those principles do not work when you're trying to thrive and grow. And the problem is, Nick, is that many of us are applying survival principles Mm -hmm. in a space where we don't have to fight no more. Yes. Where we don't have to uh, uh, mount up. We ain't got, there is no enemy in the sense of, you know, ain't nobody trying to feed you. Nobody's trying to, you know, you don't have a protection. You don't have a roof over your head. Like that's straight survival. But when you get into relationships with people and you bring that survival mindset, you turn people off and you run people away. For mm-hmm. those of you guys who are just pulling up, uh, welcome again to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. In closing, Nick, because I got a bunch of people in the live studio audience on Clubhouse who are itching to get on stage and ask you a question. And I want to give them some time to do that. Can you let people know where, for the podcast sake, let them know where they can get in touch with you? Um, you know, if you, I know you have physical offices in the, in, in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area and some places and different things where you meet people and stuff like that. Come on and tell people a quick way for them to get a hold of you and to connect to you if they want to engage you in your services. Yes, yes, they can go to EzekielFamilyServices.com and just click the 30-minute free consultation, and then that is where we can talk and we can see how you need help. We'll see how I can answer questions for you. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook or um, Instagram with Ezekiel Family Service. You can DM me, send me a messenger, Um, and so those are the ways that you can contact me. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, my client, my sister, Nikki Pinckney. She's a coach. She's an author. And she's killing the game. Nick, thanks so much. I appreciate you, lady. I appreciate you. Listen, for those of you guys who have been tuned into the broadcast or to the podcast, I'm sorry. uh, I want to encourage you to come back. Do me a favor. Download the podcast. Share it out with a friend comment. Let us know how we have been helping you. At the end of the day, here's what y'all know to be true. We can't get to any place of significance by ourselves because we all need some help. I'll see you next week on We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.